Have you ever wondered if there was a secret to virtually guaranteeing crowdfunding success? We kind of think there is, and it's called the seven P's for crowdfunding success. These seven P's are product, platform, presentation, promotion, price, probability, and people. We're going to give examples of each and show you how you can make sure you're not overlooking even one of these P's, because if you miss even one, your chances for crowdfunding success diminish drastically. The Funded Today podcast is hosted by world-renowned entrepreneurs and business experts, Thomas Alvord and Zach Smith. To get help with your next big business idea or to take your business to the next level, go to fundedtoday.com. Welcome back. I'm Zach Smith. And I'm Thomas Alvord. You might recall in our last episode, we talked about the crowdfunding success matrix. So if you missed that one, go check it out. We pretty much distill down the essence of crowdfunding to product and marketing. Very interesting. And I think it'll help you to make sense of some things that are a little bit confusing. In today's episode, we want to talk about the seven P's for crowdfunding success. These are seven P's that over the last four years, Thomas and I have created based upon the $200 million that we've raised that we think is the essence of crowdfunding. When you use these seven P's to be able to analyze any campaign, if a campaign is succeeding, usually they have all of these seven P's lined up. And if it's failing, literally just tweaking one of these seven P's could be the difference of success or failure. And so really, it's another tool in your tool belt to be able to analyze a campaign, look at a campaign and say, hey, what do we do here? How do we improve? What's working? What's not? All right. So let's just dive right in. P number one is product. Now, you need to ask yourself some questions as you go about developing or inventing a product. How do you do that? Here's a bunch of questions I'd like you to start considering. Number one, why is your product different, special, or unique? What's your story? How do you pair that story with the pain point you solved as you created your product? And what's your why? How do you get people excited about this? How do you create a tribe of excited people that are going to get behind your new product? Why are you doing what you are doing? Question number two, we'll call it. Is there something about your product, some benefit that makes it wholly special? And one of my favorite questions that we started developing because we see so many crowdfunding products on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, would you personally buy your product? Will your family and friends actually give you cash in advance for it? That's the whole triple F that we talked about in an earlier podcast episode. How about your Facebook and LinkedIn contacts? Another question, is your product innovative? Thomas and I always talk about techie or cool. The idea of making something ordinary techie or cool. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Is it more niche or more ubiquitous? How dialed in are you with your product? And then finally, will a lot of people need or want your product and or its benefits? We think if you start by asking these questions, you're going to create a product that resonates with the masses. And that's product. Now, let's talk a little bit more about product in terms of story. One of my favorite examples is a client, uh, two clients actually, Ryan Krantz and Bowman Farrar. These guys had invented a watch. But I want to talk about the story really quick because the story is what makes this so cool. It's called LunoWare and ready for the ad copy. You don't even need to see the ad. You don't even need to see anything about this watch to see why this works so well. This 73 year old watchmaker launched a Kickstarter to pass on his legacy of watchmaking to his grandchildren. 
His newest watch is awesome. You have to see this. No wonder these watches are so popular. That's kind of what created the curiosity. And if you could see the ad, the ad didn't even show the watch to start. That was the job of the presentation. It was a story that resonated with people, and it resonated to the tune of raising 50000 bucks or more a day at many times. That's the power of a good story that pairs and synchronizes well with your product. And when we look at a campaign that we're working on and it's not performing, we are going through these P's and we're saying, is it a price issue? Is it a promotion issue, which is a marketing issue? Is it a platform? It's just not the right Kickstarter, not the right platform. Or is it a product issue? And really the product is, do people want this? If you have a product that people actually want and it is not converting, then it's going to be one of the other P's. But if you have all of your other P's set up and they're right and people still aren't buying, you probably have a product issue. You actually have a product that there's not a market for. There's not demand for it. And really, that's what we're looking at in the product. Is there demand for this? Is there a market for this? And if so, you should be selling, and it, it's probably one of the other P's. So the next P that we look at is platform. And platform is just like it sounds. Is your product a good fit for the Kickstarter and Indiegogo platform? There's different platforms you can launch on. Obviously, you have the internet, e-commerce, your own website. You could do retail. You could try to get into Costco or to Walmart or some other retail place. You could do Amazon. You could do Etsy. You could do eBay. You could do door-to-door. You could do Kickstarter or Indiegogo. And there's also equity crowdfunding platforms where you could do equity raises. So there's a lot of platforms where you could potentially launch your new venture. A lot of people ask, well, which product is good for Kickstarter? Which product is good for Indiegogo? Or is my product even good for crowdfunding? That's where platform comes into play. And I use a really easy example. Let's say you own a lawn care company or a pest control company or a fertilization company. If you launch those particular products on crowdfunding, you've got a very high chance of failing unless you can really rock out the triple F. However, if you employ a sales force and you have them knocking doors, you have a good chance of getting a lot of clients. That's the difference in platform. Kickstarter is great for products. It's good for e-commerce related types of things. Kickstarter is not so good for apps. They try to do good for films and other sorts of things. They're not so great for that either. Kickstarter is good for board games. It's a new niche that's popping up quite a bit. Anything in that space. When I say Kickstarter, I mean Indiegogo as well. Now, there is something that I get asked a bunch when we get into platforms specifically, and it's, well, should I go on Kickstarter or should I go on Indiegogo? And the answer is very, very simple. You should always go on Kickstarter unless Kickstarter doesn't accept your product. You get turned down. Then you can go to Indiegogo. Or Indiegogo is going to bend over backwards to help you because Kickstarter, the probability of being able to raise more money on Kickstarter is about triple nowadays compared to what you will raise on Indiegogo. So if I go to Kickstarter with the exact same idea, exact same story, exact same product, and I raise $100,000, I might only raise $33,000 on Indiegogo. Now, the good part is Indiegogo has a pretty awesome feature called Indiegogo In Demand. After your campaign is over, you can use their Indiegogo In Demand platform to continue to raise money for your product. And that's platform in a nutshell. 
And if you launch on Kickstarter or Indiegogo and your campaign isn't successful, it doesn't mean you necessarily have a bad product. It could be that that's the case. It could be it's just not the right platform. For example, if you manufacture and sell drinking straws and you launch it on Kickstarter, yeah, it's a physical product, but it's not really techie or innovative. It's probably not a good fit. However, if you go and sell on Amazon, yeah, with the right marketing, you probably can do ten to $20,000 in sales a month. So again, is it a platform issue? Again, you're always asking yourself as we approach these P's questions. Is it a platform issue? Is it a product issue? Which brings us to the next P. And this is P number three, one of our favorites, presentation. Thomas, tell us a short story of uh, Aaron and Shopbox 2.0. About two years ago, there was a client who came to us. We were running their marketing and it wasn't converting. They hadn't hit their goal. I believe they had a goal of 20,000 or so. They had only raised 12,000 around there. They weren't going to hit their goal. And the, the product was called Shotbox 2.0. Shotbox was a product where it's kind of a container that you could put a memorabilia or product, anything in it. And there's a little space at the top that you'd be able to put your phone camera to shoot down and you'd be able to get these really high quality pictures or even like a a scanned document. It would almost look like if you had a, a document you were taking a picture of and it had really good lighting. So it's called Shotbox. And basically what happened was he wasn't going to hit his goal. And I, I was looking at the campaign because our marketing wasn't converting, right? The promotion, the P for promotion, our marketing, it was, it was fine. The product was good. The platform was good, but the presentation was not good. Now at the time we didn't realize it, but we were analyzing to see, Hey, what's the issue here? And what we found was something really interesting is he was doing a version 2.0 of his product. That's why it's called Shotbox 2.0. So his first product was the shot box, the case that you would take the pictures in. The 2.0 was only sleeves or backgrounds that would work with the shot box. Well, here's the problem with that. He was selling these backgrounds to work with his shot box, which basically made it so his universe of potential customers were shot box owners, right? It was too small. And somebody could make a pledge on the Kickstarter page to get an actual shot box, but the video itself was not explaining his original product. It assumed people knew what his original product was. So really, the issue was he needed to change how he was presenting his product. And the reason I saw this is because I saw that he had a previous campaign on Kickstarter called Shotbox, his original one, that had raised over $100,000, I believe. And now he hadn't even raised $12,000. We'll put these links up in the show notes as well so you can compare. What we did is he hired us to redo his video and we reshot his video, making sure we focused on explaining the benefits and explaining what the Shotbox was to begin with, as well as having the sleeves or the backgrounds. And then with that presentation, 
literally was just changing his video, making it so the copy and the description and the benefits people understood. And then he raised, how much was it, Zach? A hundred thousand plus? 185,000 bucks. And he's, he's over 200,000. The story is remarkable because this is a campaign that had failed. It raised 8,000 bucks, wasn't going to hit its goal. And then literally in what, two or three weeks turnaround, redid the video, redid the page, restructured the rewards, all presentation elements, mind you. And we raised 184,791 bucks, continued to raise thousands more on Indiegogo in demand. And then because of this success, he got a, a QVC or HSN feature that raised hundreds of thousands of dollars more for Shopbox 2.0. And here's something that we took away from all of this. We're going to talk about promotion next. That's P number four. But with presentation, we found through Shopbox 2.0 that presentation is actually more powerful than promotion. Why? Because we did the exact same promotion for Shopbox 2.0 that we did the first time around. Promotion didn't work the first time around. It absolutely crushed it the second time around. Therefore, presentation trumps promotion. And really, in a way, this goes back to what we spoke about on our last podcast, the crowdfunding success matrix. The promotion is the marketing element. How well do you market it? And in a way, everything else is a factor that influences what's the conversion rate, what's the earnings per visitor. And so the promotion is how good is your marketing? If you have a product that's converting like crazy, but just don't have enough traffic, well, then you have a promotion issue. But if you're promoting it well, you have influencers lined up, you're running paid media, you've landed press, and nothing's converting, then really it's going to be one of these other P's. So let's talk about P number four, promotion. This is kind of the P that gave Funded Today the world-famous reputation. It's the sizzle. It's what everybody wants to know. How do I get more eyeballs on my page? Promotion. We have dialed it down to several different elements, and I'm just going to kind of shout them off real quick, and then we can speak to them a little bit more specifically. Promotion comes down to anything you can do legally, ethically, totally in line with Kickstarters and Indiegogo's terms of service, of course, to bring traffic that converts to pledges to your page. That's promotion. And promotion on Funded Today's end consists of paid media. That's your Facebook, your Instagram, your Pinterest, your earned media outreach. That's getting USA Today to write about you. TechCrunch, Gizmodo, Mashable, maybe the New York Times, any sort of press you can possibly get about your product. That's the earned media outreach side of things. Cross collaborations. Cross collaborations are basically finding people who have similar ideas. Let's use Shopbox as an example. Let's say Shopbox was two different people and Shopbox had his panels and then there was another guy. Shopbox running the actual Shopbox. So Shopbox could go to the panel guy and say, hey, tell all your panel guys about this Shopbox. And in exchange for you telling all of your Shopbox guys about these panels, I'll tell all my panel guys about your Shopbox. That's a cross collaboration. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. The best part is on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, there are thousands upon thousands of products that might be similar to your own but slightly different enough so that it won't necessarily create competition. You can reach out to them and ask them to promote your product. And in turn, you can promote their product. That's cross collaborations or cross promotions. And then finally, cash back. Cash back is a way to incentivize people to purchase. 
we came up with the idea that if you are a crowdfunding backer and you love backing crowdfunded products, why don't we just give you a discount for purchasing? And that's what we do. Anybody who's part of the cashback network can get 10% cashback from any product in our marketplace. And so if you're a serial crowdfunding backer, you always go to the Funded Today Cashback Network because you can get 10% off backing the same products you're going to back anyway. It just seemed like a no-brainer for us. And we've grown that network to hundreds of thousands of people now. And we raise hundreds of thousands of dollars a month through that means of promotion. And all of these items, along with anything else that we think of as the years go on, factor into the P number four of promotion. Now, the fifth P is price. What's your price point? How much are you selling it for? Price makes a substantial difference. Price will influence your conversion rate and how many people back your campaign. One of the reasons you launch on Kickstarter is because of the organic traffic, the love basically, that you get from Kickstarter because you have all these other people browsing on Kickstarter, right? It's the same idea why people put their product on Amazon. It's because you're part of a marketplace and you're getting a lot more eyeballs than you otherwise would get if you were just on your own webpage. The price not only impacts what your margin is and what your profit is, what your gross revenue is, your conversion rate and how many units you're going to need to go produce, but it's also going to affect your ranking on Kickstarter. Kickstarter has an algorithm that will determine how popular your campaign is and where it should rank in the searches. Having a lower price point actually helps you boost your organic ranking so you can generate more pledges. Ready for a Kickstarter super tip? If you had a thousand people pledge just $1 for your campaign, that would only be a thousand dollars total in pledges, but you have a thousand backers versus if you had 10 people pledge $100, again, a thousand total dollars in pledges, but only 10 backers, your product would rank substantially higher on Kickstarter, probably at the number one ranking most of the time, having a thousand backers at $1 versus 10 backers at $100. That's a little inside trick that a lot of people don't know about how the Kickstarter ranking algorithm for trending and popular works. And so if you have a campaign and it's converting or not converting, you got to look at the price. There was a campaign we worked with. It was interesting. It's called Better Back. This was Catherine Krug's first campaign. We had a price point of $49 with her margins and marketing. She thought, hey, I'll increase the price to $75, right? Hey, $50, $75 doesn't seem like that big of a difference. We tested it. Her sales plummeted drastically. And that was because of the organic and because of our paid media, it wasn't converting as high. So price does matter. And a lot of people on Kickstarter are in a sense there to get an early bird or to get a discount because they know that you know this is where innovators come. This is where people come to launch their campaign. And that because you're one of the first backers or the first people to support this project, they're going to get a discounted rate compared to when it goes to retail, right? And so there is some risk involved. So if you're selling something somebody could go buy at Walmart or on Amazon or somewhere else, and it's the same price, it's usually not going to work as well. Nowadays, everybody is tech savvy. They are going to look for a similar product. They're going to pull out their smartphone. They're going to go on Amazon and they're going to see if something like this already exists or something similar. And if it's cheaper on Amazon and they can get it with two-day prime shipping, 
they're not going to buy your product. I love the story of Catherine Krug because she was very creative. There wasn't really anything else like this out there at the time. And she did what Thomas just described. She had an early bird level. And she anchored that early bird level at 49 bucks, 50 bucks, we'll call it. She called it early backs. It was a posture device that helped you to sit at a good posture while you were working at your desk. She called the first level early backs, and it was about a $50 price point. And then she had something called Kickstarter backs, and that was a $75 price point. And then she had a third level called estimated retail value, $99. We call this anchoring your pledges. So she actually had all of those pledges on her Kickstarter campaign. Pledge $49 or more, get yourself an early back. Pledge $75 or more, get yourself the same product. By doing that, everybody said, oh, wow, I better hurry and back this product right now. Because if I don't back this product right now, I'm going to pay $75. One more thing about price. And Thomas hinted on this a little bit earlier already. We turned off the $49 price point, and we only had the $75 anchored against the estimated retail value of $99. And when we did that, we found that things didn't convert. One tip about price that we always get asked is, what should I price my product at? And I think the answer is simple. You should price your product as high as possible to start because you can always come down. But if you start out pricing your product low, it's hard to come up because everybody that's already backed at a lower price point is going to ask, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would I pay more? The sixth P is probability. And really, that's simply asking, what's the probability that what you're creating is going to come to fruition? What's the probability that you're actually going to be able to create this? Because if it's not probable, if there's not that likelihood, then people might be more hesitant to back your campaign. You could have the most amazing product that you launch on Kickstarter, but with Kickstarter, the product's are usually not already created. They, they can be, but often they're not, and people understand that. And so if people perceive that there could be that risk, then yeah, you could actually be in a place where you're not getting any backers just because they don't think you're going to be able to pull it off. I think probability comes down to two elements, and we talk about them a little bit. There's a substance of our seven Ps, and then there's the perception of each of these seven Ps. So you can have a presentation P that conveys your product is 100 bucks in value. But then you can change that presentation P and the perception of your whole product will change. So even though your product is not changing physically, when you present it differently, your product P will change in the minds of your prospective customers or backers. There's a good product called the Onsen Tao. It basically used a waffle weave type of knitting pattern to make it so that the towel would not stink. So it's just a towel, right? Just a towel that you take a shower or a bath with and, and dry yourself off when you're done. But the product had some intrinsic value perceived that people thought they could not get anywhere else. And this towel raised about over a million dollars when all was said and done. That's your probability. And sometimes it does come down to timing as well. It's not always, are you building the better mousetrap? It's, are you building the mousetrap that people want right now? And I believe this affects your probability of success. That's probability P number six. And finally, our last P is people. You know, I will share, I'm going to deviate here, and I don't even know if I've shared this with you, but it's interesting. One of the real estate syndications that I invested some money in, he actually has a podcast and a blog, 
and he teaches people how to put together these deals, right? These real estate syndications. He says, I'm going to let you in on a secret. If you're trying to raise capital in terms of crowdfunding, that's what you're doing. You're raising capital, right? But in his case, right, he's, he's raising 10 million in private capital to go buy $30 million multifamily unit. He said, it's not the property. It's not the financials. It's not the location. It's you, the sponsor, as a person. Do people trust you? Because so often we think that it's all these other things, but very often it's actually, do people trust us? Do people trust you as the creator? Usually with e-commerce, if you go to buy some product online, you're not seeing the face of the creator. You're not seeing who they are, who the team is. Maybe there's an about page where you can kind of see that, but it's not really relevant. With crowdfunding, 98% of the time, it's front and center because you have a Kickstarter video or an Indiegogo video and you're saying, here's who I am. Here's what I'm creating. Here's why you should trust me. Let's make this a reality together. And one of the best examples that always sticks in my mind is the crowdfunding campaign called Ukulele, which was a couple years back out of the UK. They raised, I believe, over $2 million. The creators of Ukulele were some of the people who used to work on the video game Donkey Kong, right? So right out of the gate, it doesn't even really matter what they say or don't say. You're like, oh, are you kidding? I grew up playing Donkey Kong. These are the guys that used to work on that t- on, on Donkey Kong and they're creating this new game? Dude, 100%, I'm in. It's going to be amazing. If you have expertise in what you're doing or experience, you want to display that and show people that, look, what I'm creating here is actually going to be something amazing and substantial because of who you are. And you don't have to say it in those words, but if you share your background and you share your expertise, people will draw the connection. That people element of the seven Ps can have a substantial impact on your campaign. I really love that, Thomas. I think you've hit the nail right on the head. I actually had an experience just a couple days ago. I was doing some freelance consulting for free, actually, for a product on Kickstarter right now. It's actually was for a film looking to get brought to life. And the campaign had done pretty good right off the bat. This guy had had a successful campaign before. He's making a movie called Reign of Judges. And it's about a story in the Book of Mormon. And he's raised six figures for it so far, which is pretty impressive because most short films don't raise very much money on Kickstarter, if any money at all. So he's already in that top 1%. He'd reached the typical plateau in the middle of his campaign where he hadn't raised any money. And I went and watched all of his content, watched all of his videos. And this is a guy who conveys the KLT that Thomas just talked about. Know, like, and trust. KLT, right? Every time he made a video, he'd get like a spike in pledges, like crazy. And then he made this most passionate, intense video where he's in there. He's almost crying a few times. He's talking about all the different things he's done. He's laying his life on the line. He's talking about how he hasn't done anything else for years. It's so passionate. It's so compelling that you watch it. And you're convinced that this guy is going to make it happen. Because on crowdfunding, there's a chance that what you're backing doesn't come to life. And this guy's plea, this guy's cry 
is kind of like the reign of judges title of liberty that he's referencing. The title of liberty is about a guy in the Book of Mormon who rallies an entire civilization of people to a cause of freedom. And that's what this guy did for his campaign. It was beautiful. And guess what happened? The next day, he raised four to five times more than his average raise after he released this passionate video. And for me, I think that hit home on the people side of P, whereas it can really trump every one of the other elements if you get the people element right. If people know you, if they like you, if they think they can trust you, if they know that you're going to bring this product to life and that you're devoting yourself to making it happen, I think you're going to resonate more with your backers. And that's P number seven, people. So let's sum things up. We got seven Ps, product, platform, presentation, promotion, price, probability, and people. And all of these seven Ps matter. If you're underutilizing even one of these Ps, your chances for success diminish drastically. Now on to the product of the week. For myself, the product of the week has to be the Spyro One. It's the next generation of water guns. It has a built-in battery. When you shoot it, it kind of shoots like bullets. You're able to fill it up. I believe it's only 14 seconds that you can do an auto uh, quick refill. You basically have constant pressure. You never have to pump it up. And it has a digital display that shows you how much uh, water you have in the tank and how much battery you have. It's a super cool water gun. You should definitely check it out. And my product of the week is the Soul Solar Scroll. I just had a chance this last year to go to Mount Everest Base Camp and Kalapatar, which is just over 18,000 feet altitude. If you've ever carried around solar panels to try to charge your devices so that you can take some pictures at a place where it is pretty desolate, this product would have come in handy. I was always fumbling with my solar panels, moving them around on my backpack, trying to get them to hit the sun right. It was bulky. It was uncomfortable. I was always afraid that I was going to break them. The solar scroll fixes this problem, in my opinion. It's a portable solar charger that works just like a scroll. Picture one of those scrolls that you pull out back in pirate times, and it looks like a, a map, and then it can snap back into a, a little case. That's what the solar scroll is. And the scroll part is the solar panel. And the solar panel charges, and you can snap it right back and put it right in. It's pretty amazing, pretty cool. And it provides limitless outdoor charging for your outdoor adventures. Check it out. It's the Soul Solar Scroll. It's ending soon on Kickstarter, but you'll probably be able to catch it on Indiegogo and Demand or on e-commerce shortly. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Be sure to tune into our next masterclass. This one is going to be really special and it's kind of personal to me. We are bringing on our director of page design at Funded Today, Luke Morris. He's going to be going over the presentation P. As it relates to structuring your rewards, designing your page, he's had a lot of experience. He's raised millions of dollars for lots of campaigns. He's going to basically reveal everything he does, what he looks at, how he goes about it, how to design a beautiful, amazing page that converts. You're not going to want to miss it. That's next time on the Funded Today podcast. And remember, don't wait until tomorrow. Get funded today. Funded Today is the worldwide leader in rewards-based crowdfunding on Kickstarter and Indiegogo. Combined, they have raised over $200 million and counting for thousands of new ideas and inventions worldwide. If you've got an idea for a new product or invention, visit FundedToday.com to speak with one of their experts.